Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. So, hmm. that was the, uh, the season finale. Yeah. Uh-huh. Fear the Walking Dead. That was about half a good episode. It was. It was two hours long. Mm-hmm. I would. I would say. I would say of the two, if you took the two hours, we got three fourths of a good episode. Now, when you say three fourths of a good episode, do you mean like forty-five minutes of good story, or, or you mean like three fourths of what we watched tonight was good? I would not go that far. I would go that far. I'd say we've got probably 45 minutes of good story. Okay, I would say we probably got an hour of good story, but we're splitting hairs here, kind of, because I think that... (laughs) 45 minutes is an hour of commercials. Yeah, exactly. I mean... Okay, hi, I'm I'm Tim Barbie. This is Dustin. Yay! And this is Apocalypse Now. Yes. And this is the season finale of the second season of AMC's Fear of the Walking Dead, a show that we have issues with, many issues with. Um, I, I just the title of last week's review was "Fear of the Walking Dead is the Worst." That's true. Uh, and this is this episode. These episodes is which I actually were actually two. It wasn't like one two-hour event. It was right. The, the last two episodes of the season back-to-back. Right. And clearly, they saved up all their money. Right. And and their production design and everything. So, I mean, this, was, this is where you got the gore. This is where you got the cool camera moves. There's mm-hmm. some really nice camera work in, this, in these two episodes. Um, some cool drone work. True. Some special effects stuff was happening that wasn't just gore. You know, they, the violence they effects. CGI'd in a helicopter twice. And and glass blowing glass. Oh glass yeah, in that face. Was, it was it was something. That was a thing. I don't know how I feel about that actually. Well, it's. I mean, clearly this is where this is where they they threw the money, which is you know this is how TV works. You save up the money for the big finale or the premiere or whatever it is. Sure. Okay. And it's kind of like they saved up the good writing. For about half of tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know because I think that we've been getting, we've been getting better glimpses all season long. Like I really think that the Madison Alicia storyline was very very good. Mm-hmm. I think that the Overall. finding the the creation of this colony at the hotel really worked for me for the most part until tonight. Until tonight. Um. Oh, Travis and Nick, or Travis and Chris was awful and painful and nerve-wracking and horrible throughout all, forever and ever, amen. Once Ophelia got on her own, that was cool as hell, mm-hmm. um, and Nick had his moments. The, the thing tonight for me was that Travis got the resolution that the character needed. Right. And... Uh, that Nick, we've been waiting on, we've been waiting on for two years. Yeah, well, I think unfortunately, 
they decided early on that Travis was going to be the one who wasn't going to adapt. And so they felt that they needed to break him down over two seasons to get to this point. Mm -hmm. And this was not did not serve the character well. No. Um, Nothing about what happened with Travis and Chris helped either character at all. On the other hand, uh, the snapping of Travis, or I, I don't know, if, I don't know if snapping snapping is even the right word. Uh, the point the, the point where Travis is pushed to the point where the violence becomes his right. answer. Um, I don't know. It worked for me. Yeah, it worked for me, and and that whole scene with, was with, with specific exceptions, which we will get into. Yeah. So, and then Nick, of course, um, despite the fact that at various points this season we've been looking at him as, oh look, it's the white savior come to save the, you know. Yeah. Tonight it actually you you said it yourself. If you were watching this, that we got Nick back from early parts of season one. Right. The one who is the 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 wisest character in the room, oddly enough. Right. And isn't isn't above doing what he needs to do, or you know manipulating people in a way to get what he needs or wants. And in this particular case, it seems to be for a very good reason. Right. So, all right. Well, let's start with Ophelia. Let's start with Ophelia, because actually, she has. I think she's got the best story to tell out of all of this right now. <laughs> and there's like almost no dialogue. Yes. So when last we saw her, she was driving away. Right. Driving, driving, up, driving up north to America. And she gets there. Well, first the truck breaks down because, because in the Walking Dead universe, not only does the zombie virus turn you into a walker no matter how you die, but it also makes any vehicle only last for about 65 miles before it breaks down completely. Unless you're on the main Walking Dead show, in which case they're driving cars that actually weren't made until after the zombie apocalypse began. That only happened one year. That only happened <laughs> for saying. one year. And they never ran out of gas, and they never had auto problems. That was only one year. Okay. That was the, ba that was the bad year. Just forget <laughs> okay. about that. All right. But. Um, so her nice new truck breaks down. <laughs> Yeah, hose comes off, and uh, she can't fix it. Walker's attacked. No, no, gets... no, no. She can fix it, but she's not going to wait until this thing actually cools off because it is jetting uh, uh, superheated water. Mm. It's a radiator hose, and if she would actually just wait for it to cool down, she could reattach the hose. She does not do this. Then, <laughs> then Walker's magically appear around yeah. her because the way that they arrive. Would for me means that she saw that her car started to break down. She looked over and said, "There's five or six walkers standing right over there. I'm gonna just pull right into the middle of them, and and try and fix this hose." Yeah, I mean, there's the the landscape around her, with the exception of the wall mm -hmm. in front of her, is relatively open. It would be hard to miss the shambling undead, uh, who are suddenly right there. And we didn't actually get the walker in the rearview mirror. Mm -hmm. The passenger in the driver's side mirror. I was expecting like a reflection of a walker. Yeah, like just items in the mirror are, yeah. are closer <laughs> than, than they appear. But it's just a camera move. Just a camera move around. But um, she dispatches them all easily, which made me think like this is a woman 
who has spent the last two years weeping and staring into the middle distance when she could have been just <laughs> wailing on people. Like, ser seriously, Ophelia, you proved you're a badass in the last episode of the second season of your show? Well, they finally figured out they had to have her do something. Yeah. Aside from... Well, it's, it's even worse than that, because the last line of dialogue she spoke to any of our characters was basically, it's pointless to go on, we should just lay down and die. That was essentially what she was saying. Maybe you just can't go on. Then, she sits there and goes, you know what? I'm going to take the truck and I'm going to go to America and find my boyfriend. <laughs> I, but, but, in, but I think now, contextually, I kind of think she meant you are not going to make it. You, your mother, your mother, your mother, Strand, mm. these people I have found myself with, you are not going to make it. It is pointless to, to try and survive with you people. That, see, I don't, I don't know why she would come to that conclusion based on what she'd seen so How far. about because her entire family has died because of her association with these people? And everywhere they go, either burns down or, or is attacked by <laughs> <Well>. zombies. <laughs> well, except for the fact that her mother was bit way before any of the worst of this. She happened. wasn't bitten. Her mother wasn't bitten, if you'll remember. Her mother, like a, a scaffolding, fell on her. And oh yes, she broke well, her leg. Yeah, she okay. Yeah, she died of of reasons. Yeah, of of screenwriting screenwriter's illness. Mm -hmm. Um, and then dad. Well, but dad went cuckoo bananas. Dad went cuckoo bananas. Uh, but Dad, she also came to terms with the fact that her father was a torturer and murderer and, you know, just all around not the cuddly papa that she'd always thought he was. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I mean, it's it doesn't matter to me why they decide to flip the switch, because probably because the writer sat there and went, oh, for the love of God, can we please give her, mm -hmm. like, a motivation? Give her something. Give her something. Uh, it might have even been the actress, just knocked on the door to write a shoe and been like, I have been wearing the same floral print dress and staring into the middle distance for two years. Can I do something? Can I do something? Because pilot season's coming up. And yeah, no seriously. kidding. Seriously. She's a, she's, a, she's a good actress. I mean, they just haven't been... It's, it's like, well, she was, she was the Theodore yeah. of this show. It's like, you know, you're actually a talented, talented performer. Could... Could somebody give you some lines? <laughs> <laughs> Which is ironic that her best, the best stuff she's done has been nearly dialogue-free for the last... Well, and that's something that is, that is actually something that's hard to do as an actor, and that's something that we should probably make a big point of here, is that the majority of her performance for the last, this episode and the previous episode where we saw her go through all of this, and, and we saw the flashback to her fiancé... And her mom. And her mom, is that the majority of that, the performance was, was done with her eyes. And with the, the very tiny facial expression. Yeah, she graduated from the Ian Salmonholder School of Eye Acting. <laughs> Eyebrow acting. And I think she's been doing a great job with it. So uh, she... Crosses, finds a place, crosses her, the border. Right, she dispatches her, her, her zombies and makes her way across, finds the hole in the fence, and gets up to this lovely hill where she can see ahead and yeah. all the way around, and someone starts shooting at her. And so she runs down the bottom of the hill to get away from the shooting, and some guy comes up and finds her. And says, Hi there. Welcome to America. <laughs> yeah, welcome to America. And this does not bode well. No. But that's it. That's all we see from Ophelia for the rest 
of the two hours. But he doesn't shoot it right off the bat, and and they would not, I don't think, give us these two over the course of what, three episodes, really, give us this driven, focused woman, and then just sit there and go, eh, bang. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> no. In in the world of good writing, they would not do that. No, we'll we'll get that. No, I, I, I if that if that happens, we'll get that once she's presented back with Matt with with Nick and oh, Madison geez, and yeah. Travis and Alicia because we and and then she's gonna be like, ah, oh, I'm back with these people again, and then she'll get killed. So anyway, uh, um, should we talk about Nick? First, no, or let's talk about Travis, Travis first. And, okay. Because we everything dovetails to the end, and I think Nick's okay. story. Okay. And I want to. I heard that on uh, on H two O, you had a theory of how to fix fix these shows, and I want to hear that. I want our audience to hear that. Our the four people that listen to this show that don't listen to that show, including me. So, Travis is back. He's dealing with. The things. I mean, he's, he's that he left his son with with homicidal maniacs. Well, his okay. He it's it's and this is this is something that the character is doing to himself, and it isn't true. He did not leave his son with these people. These these two terrible American dude bro monsters took Chris with them. Right. And Chris there's wanted a, to go. There's a difference between him leaving them, Travis leaving the Chris with them, and them leaving Travis behind. Right. And. Chris, yes, like you said, Chris wanting to go. So we discover that the two terrible dude bros are, are now at the hotel. And they have been injured. no Chris. There's no Chris. And Madison, oh, and of course, because they are incapable of not being terrible, terrible humanity, um, they're sitting there complaining about the fact that everything, yeah. the food, the fact that they haven't been seen by a, the doctor yet, that the people around them happen to be Mexican, right? In Mexico, how dare they? How dare the people in Mexico be Mexican? How uh, the very gall? The the <laughs> fact that they're still alive at this point, haven't been killed by the people around them, is, mm-hmm. is a minor miracle. Madison hears them. Yes, and goes over to talk to them, puts two and two together, gets fifty. Although she, this is her assumption here is much, much more based in potential reality than her going to the supermarket from hell and finding and hearing the thought about a brown-haired American and going, "Is that Nick?" <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> that was crazy. But this, this at least, at least the names match what Travis said, mm-hmm. and they're terrible Americans, which Travis, I'm sure, mentioned. Oh, by the way. They're horrible human beings. And oh, look. You know. Yeah. So she goes to Strand, mm-hmm. and she tells her theory to Strand. And Strand's like, you got to get these guys out of here. Get them out of here before Nick even notices, mm-hmm. because this is would be really bad if this happens. While with Nick, or tra- Travis. Travis. Travis notices. Get get them out. Get them out. And so she goes, and she gathers up the, some of the other guys, some of the other men, mm-hmm. and she's going to take them out. Unfortunately... Uh, in she lies to them and says they're gonna go get a private room. Right. And the Mexicans are all like, "Wait a minute, we've been here longer than them. Why do they get a room?" So everybody's kind of following, and the commotion, and she's gonna kick them out. The commotion causes Travis to notice, which makes him go down to to confront them, 
Oh, oh, wait. I, I skipped the part where where they told they told Madison that the kid was with them died in a car accident. Right. So so it, Madison's no knows that. So she's getting rid of them. So Travis doesn't find this out because she already thinks that Travis is damaged by the fact that he that Chris is gone. Right. And that this would be too much for him. Mm-hmm. And the evidence for her the way she's thinking is the last two seasons of, of the show <laughs> where where Travis has been despite the fact that Travis has been the guy saying we're going to get through this everything is going to be okay mm-hmm. it's been it's been his the words have been there but the willingness to recognize that the world has changed has not absolutely absolutely and this is so she's afraid. She's, she is afraid with some justification that this would be too much for her. Yeah. So they take the guys into a private room and they tell the story of how Chris died to Travis. And in the story, Travis was driving the truck. Chris. Whoever. Whatever terrible character I hate. <laughs> the teenage terrible character I hate was driving the truck. And he must have fallen asleep or something because the truck rolled. And one of them says he was thrown out the windshield and was dead on impact. And so they buried him. And the other one says, yeah, we pulled him out and we buried him. And that makes Travis go, okay, was he thrown or did you pull him out of the car? And that's when he, they real, he realizes that they put him down in the same way that they put baby James down. And it sends him into Hulk smash mode. Because basically Travis at this point, he now he's already not a fan of these two kids. No. And Who he, would be? He is already aware that these two kids are just the worst examples of humanity. Right. I mean, this, is, this is what none of us should aspire to be. Right. Yeah. So he basically has just had these two tell them that they murdered his son. Well, but on the other hand, on the, on the other hand, Chris knew what he was getting into when he decided to go with these guys. He knew. He had to have known. Well, but he's a 16-year-old idiot. He's a 16-year-old. He has... You, you have a son. Mm-hmm. When he is 16 years old, are you going to met him, let him make life-changing decisions and let him run off with two people who have clearly been established as sociopathic monsters? No, of course not. There you go. So Travis is livid. Right. And homicidal. They, right. They have this great, like, that's supposed to be so, like, emotional, the scene of 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 Chris, of Chris like, crawling out of the truck and trying to escape from mm-hmm. these guys and then them killing him. And, and I love that they put that in there mm-hmm. because I am so glad I got to watch Chris die. I'm so <laughs> glad. My reaction, and I have a feeling that they put this in here because they knew... People's reactions were going to be, oh, thank God he is, we actually got to see him die, so there's no chance he's coming back. Right, yeah. There's no, I, I would agree with that. I think that for all that the, and again, I don't blame the actor for this. The kid, the, the part is just written so actor. bad. But, so Travis basically, and I have to say, Travis, I wouldn't want to be on the bad side of Travis when he gets yeah. angry. He's kind of, you're right, he, it's, it's that whole Bill Bixby 
don't make me angry, Mr. McGee, you wouldn't like me right. when I'm angry moment, where he basically, because he just takes the kids apart. Right. I mean, and the only problem with this is that the groom tries to stop him and gets his head smashed by the door. Right. And this is bad for, I mean, because he's, he's an innocent, he's an innocent bystander. bystander. He's, try, he's trying to stop the violence. Right. Travis, however, is not interested in stopping, and he kills the fuck out of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is, it is a for this show certainly. This is probably the most brutal the show has been for for people on people, you know, living people person on person, person violence. violence. Yeah. Um, so it's it's, and then Travis just kind of shuts down, right? Because on one hand, he you know his anger and rage, and this is my son you've killed, and all these things. On the other hand. This is not the person he wants to be. He does not right. want to be the person who murders two people. Three. Well, we'll get well, that. Yeah. So, yeah. Unfortunately, there's also the fact that Madison and company, and Madison especially, set up this rule. That if you hurt someone, you have got to go. You are kicked out. If you do violence to another person, you are going to be kicked out of the colony. Now, in all fairness to Travis, at no point since he got there have we heard anyone say this to him. However, ignorance of the law. Right, that's not. <laughs> the, everyone is quite upset about mm-hmm. this. And for obvious reasons, um, you know, this, this is part of the rules. You're not supposed to do that. But also, the groom was... Good guy. A good guy and, and essentially Everybody an innocent bystander in this. And, and part of the leadership of this community. Yes. Madison and Elena and the groom and the doctor, the hot doctor, were basically the leaders. Mm-hmm. And so the person who gets the most upset, which I do not understand, is the little nephew. Right. That all this has happened. He's like, they need to go. He needs to go. And, and Madison, Madison decides that they will go. They will just, we, we set up the rule. It's fine. We understand. We will go. Just give us the night and we'll leave. And Elena agrees. But you pointed out everybody threw Madison under the bus in a hot second. Just, just immediately. Just like everyone turns on Madison, especially Madison and Alicia. There was no discussion. There was no, you know, why did he do this? Mm -hmm. You know, it was just flat out, you know, oh, well, fine. Get the hell out. And, you know, they, they... Quarantine Mary Alice Singleton when she stabbed Strand mm-hmm. first, but I guess this is sort of a different situation because Travis, like you said, just took these two kids apart and killed the groom on accident. But so so Hot Doc tries to do a surgery to save the groom, doesn't work. He has to get he has to get put down. And then everyone goes up to, in the middle of the night, goes up to Alicia, Travis, and, and Madison's room to kick them out. To, well, we're going to kill Travis. And then kick Alicia and Madison out. Right. First, oh, we didn't talk about the, the discussion that Travis and Madison had. Well, okay, yeah, it's, it's the conversation that they have about where they are in this world. Yeah. Travis is, is trying... Travis is, is, is struggling with the fact that the person he wants to be and the person that he's becoming and the person that the world is going to make you. Um, and that is actually a, a problem with the Walking Dead universe. But anyway, he's looking at himself as seeing a murderer. Right. He's looking at himself as seeing a murderer and a failure as a father. 
And Madison is telling him, mm-hmm. well, well, yes, you are a murderer. Right. But so am I. Right. We, we, this is what we're, we're becoming. We, you, you're going to have to kill again, too. Yeah. And she says this, uh, which I really, really like. She's just like, I just got there before you. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to question. If you have to kill somebody, I'm not going to question it. And you're, you shouldn't question it if I have to kill somebody. Right. And, and my thinking is like, she, I don't think Madison is talking about killing creepy old lady from last season as the first time she got there. I think if Madison was put in a situation where she would have had to kill for one of her children, she wouldn't have done it in a heartbeat. Oh, I think so. Because I think, because that's part of just, I that's something I saw in her character in the first season. Like, she is has no qualms. Well, the very first the very first zombie I think we see get killed. It was, was, was Madison. Yeah. Well, and I think that, that Tra- Travis is a character who is meant to be I, I, I what I think he is meant to serve in the role of the audience member who is looking at this and saying we should try and be better. Mm-hmm. The problem is is that in the Walking Dead world, those people become Pollyannas. Andrea. Yeah. And those characters become really, really hard to believe in when you keep throwing the Walking Dead world at them. Right. And I think that I think that in a way, with Travis, they were trying to put a, another spin because it was it was very Andrea of him mm-hmm. the way he's been, and I think that that has. They were like, okay, how can we make the Andrea character more believable? Unfortunately, the way the motivations they gave Travis were just so freaking awful. Well, it didn't help that one of those motivations was Chris, <sighs> and who is a inherently, again, I, I'm not blaming the actor, but the character is inherently unlikable. I'm still kind of blaming the actor um, because I mean he is a terrible, terrible kid. Terrible. The worst. The worst. Uh, and, and like I said last episode, he's a, he, he needed intense psychological help. Mm-hmm. This is not going to happen in the Walking Dead universe. But he, that's what he needed. He needed to be in, you know... Anyway. Uh, they have this conversation. It's a moment where they, they get closer to where they right. need to be together. Um, and then it all goes to hell. Right. Everybody shows up to kill Travis and then probably... I'd maybe even kill Alicia and Madison, maybe kick them out. Who knows? Who knows what was going to happen? Yeah, because I mean, and, and Travis is trying to talk them down and say, "Look, they don't need to see you kill me." Right. So let's go to some. Let's go somewhere else. And, and he is he is clearly willing to sacrifice himself to save Madison and Alicia. Part of me, okay. So the hot doc is like, "Why do you get to live?" And this, my best friend, my good friend, who's a good man, mm-hmm. has to die. Part of me. Part of me wonders if he wasn't going to pull the trigger. I feel like you saw... Because they focus on the trigger. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Part of me feels like maybe he was... I can't say. Can't I, say. My impression was that he would he would have pulled the trigger. Who knows? I don't know. But I, he doesn't get to. Because Alicia stabbed that motherfucker in the heart. And you can see the look on Alicia's face where it's almost like... The instinct kicked in, and mm-hmm. it's like so there's almost this look of shock that she did it. Yeah, that she and she has killed before. 
Um, she's ki- well, she's killed. She's killed zombies. I don't think she, that might actually be her first yeah. human kill. Is it? I think it is. I think so too, because she didn't kill anybody at the when she was taken by the pirates. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think she has killed another normal human, living human yet. And oh god, I just reminded myself of the pirates. No, uh, well, we'll move, we'll move on to the other uh, fun and excitement. So, he, so Strand helps. The, there's a fight. Strand ends up the gun. He helps them escape, but he decides not to go with them for whatever reason. And Madison's like, please, and he's like, no, I'm going to be fine. And I have absolutely no doubt. <laughs> He is going oh, to be fine, except for the fact that in their escaping, Travis rams the gates and leaves the gates broken. Well, you know, at this particular point, Travis's loyalty to the hotel staff, the hotel group, is non-existent anyway. And quite frankly, they some of them just tried to kill him. Right. So and you know potentially potentially his his uh, wife and, and stepdaughter, I'm pretty sure it can be like if the, there's part of Travis's mind going screw up. <laughs> <laughs> Probably <laughs> you guys are out of your own. But you know, way to burn your bridges. Yeah, so, no kidding. Like, so anyway, they go to they go to the cookie mart, and no one is there. There is nothing left on the shelves. Them people is gone. Okay, and we'll now, get to that in a minute. Yeah, let me let me point out that that that's last time we saw this space. The second to last time we saw this space, it was full of a lot of stores, a lot of a lot of food, a lot of people and supplies, supplies, and a lot of people. Right. A lot of people. Right. Uh, so, it is cleared out. Yes. It is emptiness as far as the eye can see. It's a very creepy looking space when it's all empty. Right. Uh, and Alicia uh, is left at the door. Travis and Madison go back kind of looking for people. They find the dead bodies of the family that escaped last time. Madison decides, I'm going to see if they have their address written down somewhere. And uh-huh. go, Tim, go. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm watching this scene as they're searching, looking for the address. And I'm thinking to myself, why, in what rational universe... And I realize we're talking about a Walking Dead show, but in what rational universe is she going to? Is any one of these people going to have an, an, an address on them? An address that actually matches uh, the colony. Okay. Not only that, they were tortured and murdered for not giving up the colony. Not, and so nobody, nobody searched them. They didn't search them. For nope. A, apparently no. Apparently no. So the, in <laughs> so Alicia comes up. And Alicia asks the question, the only sensible question anyone should be asking about half the time this show is on the air. What are you doing? <laughs> and the answer off screen is, well, honey, I'm looking for an address so I can, we can find out where these people came from. So that if, they, if it is Nick, then I can find him. And Alicia says, again, off screen, the audience couldn't hear it, but I, I'm telling you this is what happened. Mom, that's the stupidest <laughs> damn thing I've ever heard. And then, again, off screen, uh, uh, Madison said, well, really? Because I just found this lady's driver's license, and it has her address on it. And then everybody looked at the camera and shot themselves in the brain. <laughs> no, they looked at the camera and said, it, you know, actually, they looked off, cam- off camera and looked at the writer and said, really? <laughs> this is what we're doing? We're so, okay, fine. 
Whatever, pay, you're, you paid us. <laughs> so at this point now we have to back up and talk about Nick. We because do. what happens with Madison when they get to the colony is dependent on what happens right. to Nick. So as we've established, the taking of drugs to the, the, Mickey, the Mini Mart. The Mini Mart and getting supplies. This is how, this is the arrangement they've been having. Right. Unfortunately, um, this is this arrangement's out the door because the the coyotes want the place. The, they, they want the colony because they look at the colony and see it's a much more defensible place. Right. And so they're going to go, they're basically, they're planning they, on invading. Yeah. Nick goes to try and talk them out of it. And the main coyote who in this scene has a scorpion tattooed on his face, but in the next scene does not. Oh, you know what? I didn't notice that. I'll take a look at it again. Um, is like, nope, we're going to take it. Tell your people to get out. If they're not out by the time we get there, we're going to kill them all. Oh, by the way, just so you know we're serious, here's that family. <laughs> right. And uh, so Nick goes back to the colony to try and convince everyone to leave, and nobody wants to go. Because they have bought into the vision that the pharmacist has. Right. And they believe in him because he was bitten and didn't die. And he's built up this idea that as long as they're inside... As long as they're inside and have faith, then everything's going to be okay. And it's another version of the Pollyanna thing, mm -hmm. uh, where you look at the world and go, no, no, as long as we ignore this, this important thing that you have to not ignore, uh, everything's going to be okay. In this particular case, it's the fact that they're outgunned mm -hmm. considerably. Well, in theory, outnumbered. Right. Honestly, honestly, I do not see it. Because that's a full colony of, like, people. And the Mini Mart had only, like, 100 guys there. Well, it's it's really hard to tell because we only see... Okay, we're getting ahead of ourselves here okay. real quick. Let's, we'll come back to this. Because Nick comes back and tries to convince them and says, Look, you know, you can't stay. You're going to die. Nobody wants to go. Everybody wants to stay. Uh, so in him trying to convince them, one of the guys in the... In the infirmary. infirmary, dies and becomes a walker, and attacks, and and it's a very narratively convenient time, right? I must say, yes, because if it had happened any other time, any other time, it would have not had the same impact. <laughs> but the pharmacist <laughs> is bitten. Several other people are bitten. Oh yeah, because it <laughs> bites the pharmacist, struggles with Nick. They go over a railing, land on other people down below, one of which it's a guy who's just lying there minding his own business, trying not to get, you know, trying not to get her over being sick or whatever, gets his the nose bitten off his face. Ugh. Then the the Ugh, nurse, I, like, I guess nurse, yeah. um, she tries to step in. She gets uh, at least a finger bitten off, or maybe a couple of fingers. Then Nick, uh, shocked and stunned though he may be, uh, props himself up, grabs hold of the, the zombie, throws him down, takes his thumbs, mm. and gouges, sticks him to the thing's eyes, <laughs> and just drives him down until he does the whole, you know, kill and wipes the well, brain thing. And, you know, that's you know, that's a couple inches. A couple inches into your brain is probably bad. And it's, it serves the purpose for, for destroying the walker. And it is a super gross. Pretty gross, effective... Highly gory scene. 
it, it, <laughs> Dustin pointed out, why isn't the guy, why is the guy whose nose is running out, why is he not screaming anymore? Yeah. Why is it so quiet? Well, so you can hear the dialogue. Yeah. But still, no, you're right. There should have been, you know, at least some whimpering. Yeah. Well, and what about the nurse who had her fingers bitten? Yeah. She didn't, wouldn't you? Well, she was sobbing. She was like, shut up, you guys. <laughs> she was she was crying because Lucia was there comforting her. So, yeah. um, turns out that the bite that the the pharmacist got was from a drug addict, right, and not a walker. So he didn't die not because he's immune, but because he was not bitten by a dead person, and he just let everyone believe that it was a dead person. Because it was a convenient story, and he was afraid. Yeah. And they built this colony basically around him, and it was the barricade to him. It was, these people are mm -hmm. my people protecting me. Right. So it's gods with with feet of clay, right? Yeah. Um, so it's, and it's, it's a very human reaction, and he did a lot of good. He points mm -hmm. out that this has been a good place. But Nick points out that that may be well and good, but it's about to be a dead place. Dead place. So why don't you let them go? And he does this in the in the quintessential season one Nick way. Well, first he leaves. Right. And then he goes because basically no one's gonna listen to him, they're all gonna stay, and he's like, Okay, fine, I'm leaving then. Then he walks up and he sees something and he comes back and then Right. We come back he, to Nick season one. Crushes up some oxy for the dude. He cooks it for him. He fills the needle. He injects him all while he's convincing him that if he just gives up, if he lets the people go and gives up his life to save them, then that will secure his memory mm -hmm. for them. Because in many ways, the guy wants he wants to matter. Yeah. To some degree, he wants to be a hero. And this is. Again, it's just a very human thing, and Nick sees that, and sees in some ways, if I can just stroke your ego in the right way, mm -hmm. I can save these people's lives. Right. So he does. He convinces him. Nick and the townsfolk leave. Well, first we don't know that, because right. we see the trucks pull up, and again, not enough trucks. Right. So where is the rest of this stuff? And all the people. And where are the because rest of the here's, something, here's something fun that mm -hmm. happens. They break into the wall, they go through the walkers, and when they show them going through the walkers, it's maybe 10, 15 guys. Yeah. So they go through the walkers, they go into the village, they realize that there's no one there. The pharmacist pulls the truck. Oh, and when they go through the spot where the walkers are, there's maybe 75, 80 walkers. In right. There. So they, the pharmacist gets in the bus, pulls it away, the walkers start pouring into the town, into the colony, and there are like, hundreds of walkers pouring into the colony. <laughs> and then the drug dealers start coming down the stairs to, like, fight them, and there's, like, 50, 60 drug dealers. It is a... It, the, it's it's walking dead math. Yes. Uh, time and distance, and now number of people. Right. Um, but it still, it still doesn't make any sense, because the, the mini-mart had... It had women and women, children, children, and it was their families, right? And they had tents, and there were these. Those shelves were full. It's where where's where the did truck? all the other people go? Right, and <laughs> and are they? Waiting? I can understand they send the men, the the are the gangsters to go and clear out this village, 
But yeah, where'd the women go? Where'd the children go? Where anybody who wasn't well enough to fight? Like, and, well, and, and it, the numbers on screen again don't make any sense because when initially we see them, why would you send so few? Did they think that the colony was really that undefended? Why would you think that? That's the, that's a stupid thing to think. Why would what possible reason would you have for only sending 15, 10, 15, 20, 25 guys to to take out a thing? Do you, are you do you think you're that good? Uh, I just it just seemed really really weird. But yeah, yes, and all the and all the walkers were there. Right. All the walkers in town apparently. Um, yeah, it just and then we cut away. Right. So then. Uh, Madison and Travis and Alicia arrive mm-hmm. at the village. And, right. And they're like, we're going to go in and see if we can't find your brother, even though this, obviously something horrible has happened here. And so Travis and Alicia go in, or Travis and Madison go in, and they're like, everyone's dead. Meanwhile, Alicia finds the pharmacist in the bus. Still alive. Still alive. Barely. Clinging, clinging to death, clinging to his life. Uh, he lived long enough for him to realize that this is Madison is is Nick's mother, mm-hmm. and he tells her that they went to the border because Nick saw something. He doesn't tell them anything else, no. and then he dies. Right. Meanwhile, we see Nick. Yes, and the whole village. And they are covered in gore. Right. As they should be. Everyone seems to be alive. They are walking relatively un. Well, they're walking right out in the open down the middle of the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks very, very dangerous to me. But they get up to what essentially looks like the border crossing. Yeah. Someone starts shooting at them. Right. And kills a few of them. Right. Then... Everyone else scatters. Yes, as they should. <sighs> Lucia's been shot. The, yeah. Uh, the other guy who's, like, important last couple of episodes, the one who went right. with Nick to try and convince the Minimart people not to take over the colony, he gets shot. The little crying girl who was wandering around with them, she has been carried by Lucia, and Lucia even kisses her on her gore-crusted cheek, which makes both Tim and I go, oh, wow. <laughs> but yes. she, she, gets, uh, she gets raptured up to heaven. Because when the shooting starts, she's nowhere to be seen. Even yeah, though I'm not sure what happened there. held her by the hand. Was holding her by the hand right before she got shot. Yeah, I'm, but it's... It ends basically with Lucia and, and Nick on the ground, guns pointed at their head, uh, by two what appears to be American guys with guns. Right. Uh, once, you know, them American... Same kind of guys who took Ophelia, who... Are, who Right. Okay. Right. So, um, yay! I'm sure that the the revelation that terrible Americans with guns are being terrible is will surely <laughs> shocked to everyone. Yeah, it'll probably happen next season. I, I'm guessing. But even so, that's where it ends. I mean, that's where it all yeah. ends. It ends with with Nick, uh, basically a prisoner of these people. It ends with uh, Madison and uh, Alicia and Travis. Um, thinking that that Nick may have gotten away mm-hmm. and headed north, um, Ophelia's captured. Strand has decided to throw his lot in with the hotel people. And honestly, I think that the villagers are going to be just fine in TJ because there were not a lot of walkers around. No, for a city as dense a population as Tijuana, 
It is remarkably walker free. Yes. But they saw maybe five on their way up to the border. So I don't know if they if they had them all in the wall. Uh, yeah, yeah, clearly. And now that now that the colony is all full of them, all they have to do is put that plywood back up. Oh, that's right. And now they can just take their city back because all the walkers are that's in true. there. Hey, there you go. Or who knows? It's maybe only ten miles from the hotel. Maybe all those people are going to end up at the hotel. Everybody's going to be fine. All those people are fine. We're probably never going to hear from any of them again. I don't even know we're talking about it. So yes, so here's that's the end of this season. It's there. I feel like there was a marked improvement from first half of season two to the second half of season two. Oh no, I would agree. Once they got off the boat, things got way, way better. It was still there, uneven. There were still a lot of problems. I think three of the, the three of the last batch of episodes would definitely fall under why God why yes. why must this be so terrible. And of the two that we watched tonight, I think that maybe there was 45 minutes of really good story. I, yeah, about, about half of tonight was probably really, really good. And then half of it seemed to be a little fillerish. But everybody got a moment. Everybody, everybody got a moment to, to give you a sense of where next season, who these people are going to be going into next season. Right. And as much as I have problems with this show, I'm not... They're, I think they're in a better place now, character-wise, than they were at the end of season one. Yes. And so it makes me not be like, oh yeah, there's a season three. Why? I'm still not thrilled about it, but I'm not upset about it as much as I could could have been. I mean, there, it could have been so much worse. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dustin, this could have been so much worse. Yes, definitely. There we go. That's, that's season two. It's been a mixed bag. I have a feeling that season three will not be the worst thing ever that ever happened to the world. Well, I would like to think that, I mean, if nothing else, season, the second half of season two makes you think they might have been learning from their mistakes. Right. Um, that could be wildly optimistic. So, would you like to share how to sure. fix? How so, to fix? So, one of the, the biggest issue, one of the biggest issues, one of the biggest issues for this show, and it's, it's, it's a problem on both shows, Fear of the Walking Dead and Regular Walking yes. Dead. Yes. And that is the this constant idea that all of humanity is broken and awful. True. And we've talked about this before, and I'm going to keep talking about it because this is what we see time and time again. And I got you know whether it's New York City or uh, New Orleans or Florida right. or California or Tokyo or you pick a place where something has happened where there's been a disaster. Where people have been, uh, you know, displaced by uh, a right. storm, or, or uh, just all these things, all these places, these natural disasters that we've had, and they don't dissolve into chaos. Yes, they are cut off. New Orleans. How long was New Orleans cut off? During Katrina, you know, it doesn't. Yes, were there problems? Of course there were. Were was there violence? Of course there was. But the majority of the people banded together, went out, and they helped strangers. They went out and they found people who needed help, and they helped them. Right. That's what people do, and it's what we've done over and over and over again. And I get it. Dystopian stories, you know, dystopian futures, zombie apocalypses are dystopian dystopian futures. Yes, you've got to have conflict. You have to have bad guys, and I'm not saying you can't have bad guys, but the idea that that all of humanity is like this. So you throw that out the window. Yes. You completely throw it out. 
you have people who act the spectrum of humanity from, sure, you can have your people who are psycho nutjobs, and you can have your people who are saints, and the vast majority of the folks in the middle are going to sit there and say, I see someone in trouble, I'm going to go help them. Right. I see someone who's hungry, I'm going to give them food. There's still a wide range of dramatic stories you can tell in that world. Neither, neither Walking Dead or Fear the Walking Dead will let the, you tell them those stories. They're very binary shows. Right. So well, that's the misery porn. Exactly. You know, you've got to have, if your characters aren't suffering, just in the, in the midst of just the most suffering you could mm-hmm. ever suffer, then, you know. Exactly. Well, so aside from canceling and starting from scratch, which Walking Dead's going to go on forever until, you know, they just, the ratings go down. Right. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead, who knows you know, if it gets beyond season three. But the other problem that these shows have is they have, when it comes to uh, organizations and authority, So, and the military is a great example of this, because in, in zombie stories, and including here, the military is full of corrupted people. Right. They are, they are power mad, you know, we must maintain order at any cost. You know, we will destroy everything that makes us the, the society that we are the, you know, serving as the military for. We're going to destroy any semblance of that society to keep order. Right. So the military often becomes the bad guy in this. But you know what I want to see? I want to see the military story set in the Midwest because it's not your population density, you know, Right. Your, your New Yorks and your LAs are going to be the places that are going to get, you know, have these giant fights. I'm having a problem. You man. are, indeed. What are you doing there? Okay, there we go. Sorry. Uh, all right. And so, and of course, we have a lot of military bases here. We've yeah. got, you know, Leavenworth. We've got Fort Riley down in Wichita. Oh, sorry, Fort, Fort Riley down in, in uh, Manhattan. We've got, we got McConnell Air Force Base in Wichita. Yeah, so there's all these things. So what you have is, we can, we take your idea of that group of people who are moving out and expanding and shooting a bunch of walkers every day. Right. And you basically have, you know, the folks down at, at Fort Riley or Fort Leavenworth acting like rational human beings and saying, okay, we've got walls on our military base. Let's get as many civilians as we can inside. Let's fortify the walls and let's move out. And so you tell the stories of these military groups of people mm-hmm. going out into the world. And you can have good ones and bad ones. And they try and rebuild the world. Right. This is how you fix The Walking Dead, is you actually sit there and say, oh yeah, it doesn't have to be a misery porn. It can have hope. And you can't tell me that you can't have a wall of zombies coming at you in a, in a giant firefight with, with highly trained military people and not have it be a cool right. scene. Right, well we've, we've pitched that show before. Well I know, but, that's how you, that is, but the thing is, is that that is how you fix it. We, we found how to fix it. Right. Uh, because that is what... That's what this story should be, is the story of people rebuilding. Mm-hmm. And yes, you can still have your bad guys. You can you can have all the crazy death cults you want, but you have to have a balance. That sounds bad. Uh, you, but you have to have a balance where you actually show that the that there is somebody who, aside from Rick and company who is trying to rebuild. Right. And trying to you because it can't just be, you know. Only I'm, our heroes. I are think, th- yeah, I think my main problem with what happened at the hotel this episode was it felt really like, well, now we have to figure out a way, even though Madison 
helped build this as a as a refuge, we have to find a way to get her out. We have mm-hmm. to find a way to get them out of there. And, you know, so that's why everyone turned on them so fast, is because, not for real reasons, because the writers couldn't think of a better way to get them to go. Right. No, and this is... Get well, them out on the street again. Well, it's also the other thing. The other thing the show would say to this show, and that is um, stop using the hand of the writer as a plot device. Right. And and if you're going to use it, just make it a literal hand that comes <laughs> down and it says God on it or something, and they just touch a character and they sit there and go, <laughs> now I have to kill you. And it's like, well, okay, you know. Like, it's, just take the subtlety out because right. the subtlety part isn't working. Because it's like, whoa, ooh, that was a hand of the writer moment. Just give us the hand. Give us right. the actual hand. That's what we need to do is develop a little icon that we can use on the reviews that says hand of the writer or a sound effect. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, I really think because that's what, that's what happened to Chris. Chris was terrible in season one. Don't get me wrong. Do not get me wrong. Chris was terrible in season one already. Mm-hmm. But he was just a petulant child. He was a with, 16, just barely 16-year-old petulant he child. Just, that was fine. What... And then I think that in part, see, part one of season two, they were like, I think we need to make Chris, let's let's try and turn Chris into a badass. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they were really trying to do. Possibly. You know, they were going to make him the one that was adjusting to this world in a, in a, in a realistic or logical way, or that's what they wanted to do. But this is where you we you and I differ mm-hmm. because I think that a different actor could have sold that better. That this kid could not do it, and so instead of making people go, "Oh, Chris is just adjusting to this world better than everyone else, and he's kind of becoming a badass," he just became more petulant and more awful. So that in the break in between. They were like, everybody hates Chris. Well, that's possible. Um, I just I just don't think there was any way to redeem this character. Once you have established... <laughs> once you've established somebody who is basically leering at his stepsister uh-huh. and standing over the female members of his family, step members of family or not, with a knife, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's if you're just holding it in your hand. Like, oh, I just happen to be holding this knife in my hand. Doesn't matter. I don't think that anybody could have saved Chris. No, I don't either. Wise. I think I think the the writers did a. Chris existed to break Travis. Right. That was the purpose of Chris, because everything about Chris was designed to to poke Travis's worldview with a stick mm-hmm. until it shattered him. Did I tell you that I saw Travis' action figure in Target? <laughs> no. <laughs> it wasn't one of the ones like I have of Beth and of uh, of Fine Young Cannibal. Right. Uh, but it's 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 one of those McFarlane non-action figures that oh, don't yeah. have any articulation. Mm-hmm. Sure. But it was of Travis, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, this exists. And I threw it. I threw about six of them before they removed me from Target. <laughs> um, what but, have we told you about that? You know, well, it's not like... Because when I found a Gareth action figure originally, I was like, oh, I can't buy this. Because because that would be weird. Uh-huh. Because 
I I did not buy him as a villain because I just wanted to have so much sex with him. Right. And so I didn't. I resisted buying it until it was on clearance for like four dollars. Right. But when I saw the Travis action figure, I it was just filled with rage. <laughs> and oh, uh, you know, but that's just show all over. I, I have to say that yeah, we've had we, the second half of this season was much better than the first half. Yes. And, and who knows? Who knows? Now that we're sort of poking our noses back into America, and maybe we're going to deal with militias. I think we're going to deal with militias. I don't feel like these are actual government soldiers. I think no, these are I don't make America I don't. again militia dudes. I think they probably are. And part of me just wants to scream that that's going to be a really lazy solution. Right. I mean, it doesn't mean it may be good storytelling, but your basic setup is, oh, look, it's a militia. That's great. Well, I think it's going to be, I, I I hope that there's, the moment is, like, where it's like, I have an American driver's license. Oh, okay. You're fine. <laughs> You're fine. Like, you know. That would actually be, like, oh, well, never mind. Never mind. Right. Yes. That'd actually be all right. Well, poor Lucia, though. She's not an American. Oh, yeah. No, she's good. And there's a small child to kill, because it's a little girl, and this show hates. Both we don't shows, know. All we don't know. That little girl, like, she was th- literally there. In one scene, like, they're walking across the border crossing all as a group, and then the next thing you know, Nick is, like, 40 feet ahead of everybody else. That's true. It was so bad. The cut was Narr- so bad. Narrative causality. Though. That I was like, how did he get so in front of them? And and then I noticed that the little girl wasn't holding Lucia's hand anymore, and that's when I was like, something terrible oh, was yeah. about to happen. Yeah, that whole scene just felt like, it was, it, and guess what? Something, something terrible did happen. Alright, well it's midnight it's now. It's midnight. We gotta go to bed. Yeah. Ah, thank you, sir. Thank you. When does Walking Dead come back? We got about two weeks. Okay, what yeah. are we gonna do in between then? Are I we just know. not gonna see each other? Are we just gonna <laughs> avoid each other? Or I do gonna... have a wedding to shoot next week, but uh, we'll see what happens. Anyway, thanks for listening, folks. Uh, you can find us obviously you're listening to us somewhere, uh, probably on iTunes or on podcast.com. We hope that you're enjoying probably the show. On, maybe on your fillings. And your fillings? Yeah, your fillings could be picking us up from the internet. That's I've... a possibility. Um, if you are listening to us and you do enjoy us, uh, then or at least or or find us terrible and horrible yourselves, let us know. Uh, there are places to do comments on iTunes and on podcast.com, and you can also on Sci-Fi for Me. Right. Uh, the article itself, you can leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. I live tweet the show. He does. Also, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race and uh, Finding Prince Charming on Logo. I do uh, not live tweet much of anything. And I'm, I'll be live tweeting Teen Wolf when it happens again. Yes, yes. Uh, I might, we might, uh, when we start covering uh, Channel Zero, I'll probably mm-hmm. live tweet that. Uh, so there's a lot coming up. Yeah, there's a lot coming up here on on Zompocalypse Now. We hope that you listen. Thanks a lot, folks. We'll see you later. This has been a presentation of HorrorForMe.com. Copyright 2016 by Flaming Dog Media LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. <laughs>